where if you were to look at the ACC basketball standings today, you'd find Wake Forest with the best record in the league at 8-1. and Yet, despite that, them going into Blacksburg and getting a 20-point win last weekend, it's largely been met with a shoulder shrug across the league. Very few think what they've shown thus far is real. But consider me one of those very few. Because much like Wake football, what we're seeing is not random. It's not a fluke, but it did require catching a pretty big break from the NCAA. And this is what I mean. Dave Clawson's recipe for success since arriving in Winston-Salem was to get older than everybody else. If I can't recruit the best players, we're going to get crafty and we're going to run a system unlike anybody else. And we're going to run it really well because our guys are recruited to it, are experienced. They're going to sit out their entire freshman season. We're just going to have a bunch of fifth-year guys running around. Then the NCAA gave everybody a free year of eligibility in 2020. And when that happened, it gave the Deeks a leg up. And wouldn't you know it, Wake Forest is in the ACC championship game. As for Wake basketball, Steve Forbes is uniquely qualified to thrive in today's landscape. That landscape being the age of the one-time transfer. Now, the transfer portal, it's been ramping up this way for the last few years now. But once this summer, the NCAA said anybody can transfer one time wherever they want without having to sit out a year, that gave Steve Forbes a significant leg up. He spent 11 years in junior college basketball. 11 years. The rest of the ACC head coaches combined spent one year in junior college. Kevin Keats, shout out to you, spent one year at a community college in the 1990s. Steve Forbes spent 11 years coaching in it, and it matters because Juco is all about constant movement and constant changing of rosters, turning over year to year. Doesn't that sound a lot like what college basketball's been over the last few months? So Forbes was uniquely qualified to thrive in that landscape. Here he was earlier this morning on WSJS Sports with Packer and Durham talking about what that JUCO experience has done for him working in the transfer portal. It's everything. Um, That's the climate that we're in, and... What happens with coaches, I think, Wes, is that there's a lot of anxiety when you lose guys, you know, for whatever reason. And there's all there's a myriad of reasons why guys come and go. I just don't have a lot of anxiety. Um, I enjoy the process each year of building the team, the chemistry, putting them together, and 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 putting them out on the floor. Insert Alondis Williams and Jake Laravia and Dallas Walton and Habdeen C. These are all guys who are very good, and two of them might be all ACC players. So Wake caught a break with that one-time transfer rule. But they also caught a break in 2020 just being able to hire Steve Forbes. I know I've pointed this out a handful of times on the show, but I'm going to keep hammering away at it because I hope many of you guys realize this who follow the ACC. The Deeks hired the best incoming coach That they've ever hired. Like when you look at the resumes stacked side by side, Carl Tacey, 
Dave Odom, Skip Prosser, Steve Forbes. Steve Forbes' resume is better than all those guys, and we love those guys for good reason for what they did at Wake Forest. They made the league a lot better. But Steve Forbes won 75% of his games at East Tennessee State. And that's a pretty good league in the Southern Conference. How do I know that? How many guys have transferred from the Southern Conference and become all ACC players in the last couple of years? Quite a bit. He had other great stops at Tennessee, working under Bruce Pearl and working under Billy Gillespie at Texas A&M. And yes, working on the JUCO circuit. If a global pandemic didn't happen, Steve Forbes, I can almost guarantee, would be coaching somewhere else. Because you look at when he was hired, it was April of 2020. We were a month into the pandemic, a month into shutdowns. And most years in college basketball, there are usually nine or ten different coaching changes that happen, at least in high major ball. Last year, there was a grand total of zero until the last week of April when John Curry, the Wake AD, decided now was the time to let go of Danny Manning and go in a different direction. If there were eight or nine other jobs available, then Wake's competing to bring in the top guy on the market, which was Steve Forbes for all the reasons I just outlined. So this is not a fluke what we're seeing. This isn't same old Wake basketball. Oh, they're eight and one right now. They're just going to go away. This team is going to be on the NCAA tournament bubble this year, which is a big deal. They're not going to contend for the league, even though they have the best record right now. But considering Wake Forest hasn't finished better than ninth in the ACC since 2010, just being on the bubble in Steve Forbes' second year, that's quite the accomplishment. And that's what I think is going to happen. 